1: So it may have been Halloween last night, but we're still in the mood for a good old horror story, with a twist. That's why you need to see Daybreak, which launched on Netflix last week. It's a zombie horror with more than a healthy dollop of comedy, and it's our latest obsession. If you like your teen dramas with a bit of a bite, stay tuned to hear all about Daybreak. The only person you're going to scare is yourself! Johnny,
0: What are you doing? Keep oh the noise down What are you doing here? Maze! just in time. There's a whole load
1: of police here. Think the word you're going to hurt yourself or someone else.
0: (laughs) How many children are you friends
1: with? So my name's Helen Daly, and I'm here with Minnie Wright. Hi, Minnie. Hello. And we are here to talk to you about Daybreak. So what is it all about? It's a kind of bizarre post-apocalyptic comedy drama. Very teen. Is that all of them? (laughs) Is that everything? (laughs) It takes a lot of boxes. (laughs) Yeah, it's got a bit of everything. And it was originally a comic book created by Brian Ralph. And um, the history really shows here. It is ultra is ultra-comic-y basically. And Daybreak follows high school student Josh, who's positively loving his time in the apocalypse. The premise is simple. Glendale, California has been hit with some kind of missile warfare and as a result all adults in the area are dead or ghoulies
0: <laughs> dead or zombified in
1: ghoulies <laughs> <laughs> yeah, known as ghoulies um so teenagers reign except in high school style they can't actually form a survival strategy and only form gangs who are quite happy to kill each other and get what they want and keep their territory but all Josh really wants to do is find his love interest, Sam Dean, but it seems that might be harder than he thought because he must navigate a world filled with wannabe Kardashians, Samurais and Mad Max style jocks, all while avoiding the ghoulies. So can Josh get Sam back? Will we find out what started the apocalypse? Will any of it make sense? Who knows? I mean,
0: probably not. I think it's <laughs> the answer where I've got to in the series is probably it won't make sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really high school on steroids, isn't it? It's high school recreated in the apocalypse in the post-apocalyptic world yeah Um, it's
1: really it's like that mean girls bit where they identify the different tables yeah and they do that exact same thing except it's in kind of glendale all your all
0: your cliques are kind of like spelled out for you on screen by josh who kind of narrates the first episode maybe even two episodes um and it's very much the, the exact way the high school is divided into little gangs and groups except now You've got them literally killing each other and having, what do they call it, American Ninja Idol. It's basically <laughs> yeah. American Idol run by it, the big kind of bad guy. But and if they you don, if you don't, If he doesn't like <laughs> you, then you end up dead, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's more high stakes. It would probably get more viewers than American Idol. I, I imagine don't know. that
0: they would commission that tomorrow if that was allowed, <laughs> because that's the way reality TV is going. Fake death, <laughs> so
1: many. Um, so, Minnie, it's got quite a big cast. Who is in it?
0: Um, well, yeah, there's there's... It is a big cast, but the kind of core group is what's what's really of interest. And this, the episodes, it starts off like you're seeming like you're going to follow Josh's story. He's going to narrate the whole thing. He's going to be the kind of main protagonist. And while he is, it kind of cleverly doesn't bore you with his like sad, oh my God, I miss my girlfriend. where is she story too much because it gives you, each person gets, each character gets their own specific episode. They get to tell you more about themselves and their story, their backstory, where they, how they got to where they are in the apocalypse and that kind of thing. So we've got Josh Wheeler, who's played by Colin Ford. Um, he's been in, He's done things like voices for Family Guy. Um, he's been acting since he was even younger than he still is now. Um, he was actually Steve Danvers in Captain Marvel as well. Um, he was in Wee Bottle Zoo as one of the kids, that kind of thing. It's not like a massive um cv so far but he's kind of recognizable yeah he, he feels also, i mean that is the thing as well about, I, f- I felt about everyone is they feel really familiar yeah. even <laughs> if you don't know them yeah um which is maybe something to be said for like how s- certain elements of it are a bit cliched and it is like lots of it has been done before but there's enough that keeps it fresh that it's maybe not too much like mm-hmm. that um but you've got you've got him and then his kind of little posse that he ends up putting together includes um a girl who's much younger than them who you're not really quite sure how she got involved with all the like high school kids. She's like a child genius type, slight psycho, <laughs> pyromaniac person. She's about 10 years old, Likes like hanging out danger. with all these like, <laughs> high school kids, swears like anything. Um, she's played by Olivia Allen-Lind. Um, she's got quite an interesting background to her already. She's already played like a young Dolly Parton in um, Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colours or something like that a movie about her life growing up, Um, she was in Transparent, she's been in Revenge, she's been in The Young and the Rest, so she's done loads of really big US TV shows, and her talent is probably one of the greatest that comes through on Daybreak, I think, for sure. Um, and then you've got Wesley Fists is the other um, ex-jock bully who used to bully Josh before the apocalypse happened. Who we love. He is... <laughs> the kind of real saviour of this <laughs> whole whole show. He's absolutely brilliant. He's electric on screen. He's already been in lots of things that would get him, you know, real big acting tops, things like Donald Glover's Atlanta and Booksmart and or just the New Black who's in one episode. So he's already on his way to being like, obviously one of these actors who's going down the critically acclaimed route. It
1: really reads in his performance though. He he yeah. definitely comes across as one of the most experienced and yeah. he handles it really well. A lot of them go down the kind of comedy um maybe slapstick route at points he handles it with like such a nuance
0: yeah it's a little bit more there's a little bit more subtlety and deafness to his performance yeah. than some of them like lots of the dialogue has that the the subtleties to it and the nuance to it but some of the acting's a little bit kind of all in dive straight in head first which I can forgive <laughs> and we'll discuss it in a bit yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That, that definitely has its place in this kind of comic mm. book world that we're in in daybreak um it's nice to also have people like the guy who plays wesley wesley fists yeah, yeah. he's he's played by austin crew i don't know I Austin said crew. That. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to have people
1: like austin who kind of balance it
0: yeah because it it's is a, a lot shade, yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah and then also i mean the riverdale comparisons don't stop here but we also have don't know how much we want to give away about what happens in later episodes but we also have the bad guy who we mentioned kind of killing people through American Ninja Idol, he's the leader of the jocks in, the, in this sort of split up gangland that they're living in now. He's called Turbo and he's played by Cody Kearsley, who is also the jock moose in Riverdale. There's a type. <laughs> yes. I think those are the only two things he's done and he's literally the exact same character except that in this he's turned into sort of Mad Max gang leader. He thing. plays it very well.
1: <laughs> like, he wears that football <laughs> outfit with confidence.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. That, I mean, there's there's loads of other people that we could talk about, but I think... The main one that's worth noting is the one who plays the principal. And we've got Matthew Broderick on board. Ferris Bueller himself. <laughs>
1: so, See, I only knew him genuinely from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> and I will have no judgment about this. The producers. Like, he, I mean, he's, he's... Inspector Gadget was a brilliant film, though. And yeah, but we love Matthew Broderick as a whole.
0: Yeah, he, he, bring, he really nails the comedy early on in Daybreak. Um, there's, and then he has more part to play in the post apocalyptic world, but we'll. His maybe live
1: role there. changes. <laughs> yeah. It, another it thing develops. we do get to see like a different side of Matthew Broderick. Um, you see all sides of him, in fact, without saying <laughs> Ooh, too much. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's. Um, I, I really want to talk about Miss Crumble as well, because she is a very, very strange character. Krista
0: Rodriguez, she is the small, Josh's small gang, um, or trio as it is really for the first several episodes, it's not really a gang. Um, They're like the outcasts, I guess. They come across one adult who seems to have, yes, she's turned ghouly in this kind of, zombification that's happened from whatever biological warfare has gone on that's caused this apocalypse but she's not like the rest of them um if you've seen Zombieland, she would i guess they have like the hawkings don't they so she's like got more brains to her she doesn't just um repeat the last inane thought that she had which is what all the other guilt ghoulies do They they speak which most zombies don't i guess in zombie fiction but they only repeat the last thought that they had on their mind when they went
1: (laughs) which is quite funny because it's like oh I should get those solar panels
0: fixed or (laughs) Or it's like oh I should cancel my Facebook it's too too divisive or something I think I need some new yoga pants they're on sale yeah (laughs) it's a really funny idea so Miss Crumble she was one of the teachers in the high school pre-apocalypse and she's now this kind of deranged witchy character but she's got the presence of mind to be able to stop herself eating humans yeah, she, she <laughs> wants to eat you, but she might not. But she's, she's really trying hard not to. She's, like, chomping down She's so clever as well,
1: because she was yeah. a teacher before she was transformed yeah, into a Yeah, she ends up ghoulie. kind of, like,
0: joining their little posse. Yeah, and she she comes up with, like, quite clever
1: ideas how to fix things, because she's got half, like, ghouly sense and half, like, human sense, which gives her, like, she's a, a greater presence. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is, like, it is a really rich tapestry of characters. That, like, it's a proper ensemble piece, which I think, you know, you might... I found anyway, in the first couple of episodes, you might be going, oh, how much can we sustain this The Josh Show situation? And actually, it's it's not The Josh Show. It's really about all of these people. And you kind of delve into themes of, you know, teenage life and life in general. And it does tackle a lot of big topics, but it tackles them in a kind of very modern um teen appropriate way in a sense but with with adding kind of like the smarts to it at the same time as humor while they're approaching it in that way
1: yeah I mean I don't want to you know (laughs) blow my own trumpet but I did a dissertation on zombie fiction
0: here we go here we go here we go it
1: started now and um no I remember one of the um one of the major kind of discussion points was that a zombie film must always reflect kind of the period and the concern that it's made in right with daybreak I can't really pinpoint it there's quite a few
0: yeah I mean well maybe that's because in the current climate we've got a lot of big yes it's quite reflective (laughs) Um, I guess the one thing that would be a massive kind of global issue at the moment which it doesn't really get into in this season whether it will in potential future ones I don't know is climate yeah we don't know what exact like that they 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 mention it and then they just move straight on (laughs) so we don't know what's going on with the climate emergency (laughs) it's (laughs) it's obviously got to be a background aspect but it's really not addressed in this first one but it is it tackles um you know gender and sexuality and race and in ways that don't make it too um super clean pc um standpoint but in in ways that do come from that position but without kind of like taking themselves too seriously like they can make on pc jokes but because they're coming from a place that is Correct. (laughs) Yeah, and it kind of like it kind of encapsulates
1: everything into just the worries of being a (laughs) teenager. Like, there's so many issues that they have to deal with. I guess nowadays it's distilled down. Lord, I'm glad I'm not young
0: anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's distilled down to like high school problems. Yeah, but they are there's some big microcosms of really big issues. Yeah,
1: and I think that's quite nice the way it does it because it doesn't ever like overshadow or become too like preachy or it's not
0: preachy at all yeah it's a reflection which i think yeah. is what a zombie movie probably should be it's educational and informative but that sounds so not fun but it actually is fun yeah <laughs> yes yeah. so one of the like <laughs> funnest things about it is the cinematography it is one of the it's most gorgeous. bizarre
1: things i've ever seen
0: it, it, ta- it takes that real like the kind of modern comic um whether it's film or series approach and plays in different like aspects into the the format and everything like that. But it's also just, I mean, the location, I think it was shot in New Mexico and just the light, it's, it's set in Los Angeles, Glendale apparently, yeah. but the light, the kind of sunsets, the dust, the kind of like tumbleweed world they're living in is stunning. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's like it's the perfect. desert kind yeah. of thing because it's it has been, you know, decimated the
1: land. Mm. But at the same time you have, within 10 seconds of the show starting, Josh is speaking directly to you. Like, yeah. Oh, so you might think that being in the apocalypse is really boring.
0: The first episode is super heavy on the breaking the fourth wall, like really heavy. But I love <laughs> it. I'm
1: there for it because he is the narrator, and I guess like you know that's what they're choosing to do with the comic yeah. book style. They've gone for the narrator, so why not have him as your main character? As and well? then you have
0: like a little later on, you have Wesley's episode, which um focuses on where he's come from. He's in the post apocalypse Uh, try again. Post apocalyptic world. He was he's stuck with his Josh Jock gang for a while um and then decided actually I need to for reasons that become clear I need to kind of cleanse my (laughs) soul (laughs) of like all of the evil that I've done he goes down a samurai route and it turns out in his past he's always been obsessed with samurais and so you get this one episode that's got a really interesting format to it where they they use like almost they flash up on screen you know like comic strip moments and they turn it into animation and that kind of thing so that's it's it never gets boring every single episode you watch it throws something completely new in to the style yeah you
1: literally like don't know what's coming next like Miss Crumble her episode is kind of set around her being in a sitcom (laughs) so she's there like oh isn't this funny like I might eat you (laughs) and then like she does and then she has like a really awkward sex scene and like it's all like sitcom-y humour and it's really funny but also it's like oh my god
0: <laughs> it's very clever but it is like if you watch more than one episode in one go it's a real like you get like whiplash because the style changes so dramatically episode to episode which really reflects the fact that you're flipping from character to character which is a really clever setup i think for what, for what they've done we should mention that this is um from the creators brad Peyton and aaron eli Colite. um aaron eli Colite did heroes he produced heroes so it's got that link with the kind of comic graphic novel superhero vibe as well um and, and it he does that in. really well
1: it's very in at the minute obviously like marvel and the avengers you can't really yeah. ignore the success of comic books and kind of superheroes and stuff yeah. like that at the minute this just flips it completely because it it turns into one of the most self-referential shows that i've ever it's seen very referential. it's full of intertextuality it's one of those shows that you pick up something new every time you watch it so yeah. one of my favorite moments was like a conversation between two guys i'm, I'm can't really say it without spoiling it to <laughs> two people and one of them can't speak so he's holding up boards and then so he's holding up boards that has words on it getting the other person to read them and one of the boards just says on it um say it's carol singers like straight out of love actually and I properly belly laughed at it I thought this is hilarious it is,
0: it, I, I think it, that while it is really clever and I, I'm so enjoying it and every episode I get more and more and more into it the, the the references the pop culture references or whether they're kind of like references to itself as it goes on they're brilliant but they're not always handled very sophist with, with much sophistication but I don't mind that <laughs> I don't mind that but no what I think while some of them are supposed to be hammy there's some that it is not the best made show ever it's it's one of the best ideas I've seen in ages not always executed brilliantly so like you kind of have to forgive some of the like more <laughs> like heavy-handed <laughs> moments and just kind of enjoy the fact that at least they're giving that really great idea a go
1: yeah and I guess you know we've talked a lot on this podcast about kind of the campness of some of Netflix's shows at the minute this oh, is really so, I hadn't noticed <laughs> have we
0: <laughs> <laughs> this every is like every one
1: of those incredibly camp shows that is just it's so excessive everything is like so as, like you said potentially heavy-handed but I think it's done really well at points one of the points I think it is handled really well is the music yeah music like, it's like a film score
0: yeah but like punctuated with kind of like I mean I don't I don't know how it can be nostalgic when this is clearly aimed at people as younger than us. but like punctuated with like almost nostalgic like pop punk and my chemical romance teenagers exactly. it's <laughs> so great and I don't know why like maybe I'm just super disconnected to the age from the age group that it's supposed to be. Aimed it is at, Maybe It is maybe we are the target demographic. Yeah, it's like, look what's happening <laughs>
1: to those younger than you. It it is incredibly ambitious though. And do you think it kind of lives up to the the standard it sets itself almost? No.
0: Okay. No I don't. Expand. I know you do. <laughs> I love it. I mean I just like while while it tackles the these really big issues and it throws in this really clever humour. Maybe it's the acting, it's probably a little bit down to the directing, doesn't always land perfectly. It always lands well, which is why I'm really into it. It doesn't land so badly that it takes you completely out of the moment while you're watching it. But trying to pack this much in is not the mistake. The mistake is maybe just like somewhere along the line who was hired. (laughs) Um, Because it doesn't quite, it's not quite as well honed as it could be. Um, It could be tighter. I
1: guess. Yeah, I guess it could be. I will, I will say that. I, however, I'm like fully obsessed with it. And I think it is because of the ambition. I think so, so regularly we see shows that try and set out and do something and then like just don't really do it. This is like full on, you know, stuff that goes on the wall and like really, really goes for it. Really, really hams it up a bit. And I think I don't mind if it's too much. I would mind if it was too little.
0: No, no, the the too much is not a problem. It's like, if anything, it should be commended for going full tilt for these like really, like it's really ambitious to try and pack this many styles, this many ideas, this many characters, this many themes all into one show, especially when you're going to put it under this kind of umbrella of the, the teen super woke comedy and zombie thing that it's trying to do. Like it's a lot to try and assimilate all into one. And there's the only way to do it right is to go full tilt and just risk it not quite landing all the time. Because at least then when it does, you're landing it really, really well. Like the worst thing, like you were saying, is shows at the moment that come up with really innovative ideas and then half go for it because they're too worried it won't come off. Yeah. At least this one goes for it.
1: This kind of reminded me in a very, very different way of the OA when that hit it was a complete so complete change of pace. literally like <laughs> completely different shows but like the the ambition that's what it reminded me of you know not everyone gets the oa that's fine not everyone will get this but i think that's another show that saw what it wanted to do had its vision and really just went for it yeah and i really really appreciate And it. that seems that. to be when
0: netflix really pulls stuff off yeah it's not sitting on the fence it's not being a or flower. How many more cliches can I come up with? Um, <laughs> <it's, Keep> going. <laughs> I can do this. Um, it's it's really going for it. It's all in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and you know it's it's very very different in that respect to something like for me Riverdale that it will be compared to obviously. And, I'm um, about to. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, which for me is it never quite hits my expectation of it, and that's why I can't
0: enjoy it. I mean, it it definitely has similarities with Riverdale while while it also is obviously completely different in <laughs> ways but yeah it Riverdale does does hold back in certain ways but it does that that might be why Riverdale doesn't always land but Riverdale has the same sense of just let let's go all in on just how ludicrous this is going to be it's just Riverdale doesn't have the same ambition to shoot for kind of As risky moves as Daybreak does. It really is risky. And having not read the graphic novel that it comes from, Ralph's graphic novel, uh, it's hard to know whether that was maybe why this is so ambitious. Yeah, I think maybe that comes up with this many references, this many um, kind of different textures of. He kind of would would serialize
1: it online because it was kind of becoming more popular. So I think (laughs) it eventually became a little bit supply and demand. Um, so that's maybe why when we hit the last episode you have like
0: a completely bizarre ending um that is worth tuning in for um but while while there's a bizarre ending it's also it's worth noting that throughout you have bizarre twists like just when you think yes. you started to like you're okay I know what this show is now It's it's a lot but I know what it is and then suddenly it's not it's more <laughs> it's completely <laughs> different it's it's done a complete 180 again and it's for one episode or half an episode or five minutes. It's a completely different show. And you were so into the zombie aspect of this and the story aspect of this and the epicness of this tale that you actually brought this up in a tweet. I saw this come up on my timeline. Yes, thank you you for mentioning this. this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I said in my tweet that I think Daybreak is kind of akin to James Joyce's Ulysses as, and we're talking about ambition here, so this is clearly the theme. Yes, <laughs> another incredibly ambitious novel. And I'll tell you for why. <laughs> Please so, tell me for why. James Joyce's Ulysses, you turn the page and you don't know what genre you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get a play. You don't know if you're going to get a monologue. You don't know like, what kind of style you're going to get. Is it a horror? Is it a comedy? Is it just the most bizarre rambling of thoughts you don't know what's going to come in the next chapter. And this is like, I don't like 20 odd, of god got years since I read it. 20 odd chapters of every single one is different. That is what I got with Daybreak. And I yeah. loved Ulysses because of that excitement. It is exciting. And I think that's why I really, really connected with Daybreak because every single time that Netflix was loading up the next episode, I was like, okay, well, one, I don't know who's going to be the narrator. Two, I don't know what style it's going to be in. I don't know if there's going to be some kind of bizarre twist. I don't know if nothing's going to
0: happen. Yes, it could be a really quiet episode. Yeah, because we there like were those thing, yeah. really
1: quiet episodes, and while they might have still been like quite powerful and important to the story, they weren't as bizarre as the ending. So I think for me, that is what prompted me to do this uh, remarkable tweet, which <laughs> just had a lot of engagement, <laughs> and um, yeah, and I just thought that is the kind of ambition that I want with my show. I want to be surprised
0: in this day and age where. You don't know what's coming around the corner. It is really—it's it, good. You're right. I, I love that you've managed to succinctly actually link these two. I bet no one else has done this, and I love it so much.
1: Um, <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it is—that is, is the—it's so refreshing yeah. to to tune into what is really—it's a teen comedy drama. Um, but which, unlike Riverdale, but, it really succeeds in shocking you. But yeah, you're, you're really—you're tuning in. You're like, this is—it's a wild ride <laughs> every single episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um as well compared to you know other zombie shows at the minute with the walking dead which we can't really ignore
0: we, yeah
1: without mentioning obviously um it is kind of failing in the ratings at the minute um you can't ignore that the audiences are tuning out of it whether that's the story whether that's zombies been going
0: for years and years and years yeah, there
1: is there is kind of like power and longevity sometimes but um you know, name one <laughs> um fan base <laughs> of which I am one um, you know, I do like The Walking Dead. I think it does have some really, really interesting kind of stories to it. However, this is where zombies should be going. Really, this is like this is totally reinventing the zombie horror.
0: I mean, I'm I see what you mean, but I'm also kind of inclined to disagree because I I kind of think essentially it's not a zombie show. Yeah, it's 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 against the backdrop <laughs> of like an apocalypse. You you the the ghouls that made like a really big deal of them in the first ten minutes, and then you see them like. Once an episode, if that. And, and then, then you discover that like they just bites kind of like stagger matter. around or they don't even do anything. <laughs> um They're just kind of like in the background of scene, like extras. So it's not really a zombie show. So, I mean, in that way, because I'm not really a zombies person, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll agree with that <laughs> because this is where the zombies should be going and that we shouldn't really be doing zombies. We're doing in all more fairness, interesting. in The
1: Walking Dead, though, the zombies aren't really a threat anymore because, like, they've they, had what 10 seasons of them (laughs) like they know how to control them now and they can use them as a weapon (laughs) and that is kind of without spoiling anything you know what we see in daybreak um and you see these zombies that are just in the background and maybe that is What we need to be doing with zombies until someone can reinvent them again and make them scary. Come
0: up with something fresh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the good news is that season two of Daybreak is on the cards. Um, So Coleite, he has um, he has confirmed that he's writing it, but whether it will be picked up by Netflix or not is yet to be seen. But um, he spoke to Inverse and said, you know, we have the full writers' room going. Season two really turns things on its head. Then speaking about the cliffhanger, he said, you know, you won't see it coming. And that definitely sets up fans for season two. Everything about this show is about point of view and who is telling the story. The hints I can give is you can't trust us. You can't trust anybody. You have to think about who is telling the story and their point of view and how and why they're going to tell the story in the way they're going to tell it. And he adds, so to, <laughs> he's added to Den of <laughs> Geek that um, if season one is the epic love story, season two is the epic breakup.
0: Ooh feels like a spoiler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um no spoilers intended. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah, I mean, yeah, Ralph has, has said that he's working on other books. So it's they have obviously Carlette's confirmed that they've got a writer's room working on the potential for a new series. But interestingly Ralph has said that he he is working on more of the graphic novel, but he has categorically denied that he's going to consider the show in doing that. He's wanted it was obviously a passion project for him um before and that in it turned out so well it turned out to have such a kind of cult following. Um, and he's actually not going to consider kind of Hollywood and Netflix in his writing. He just wants to write it for what it was before. So, whe- so whether or not the second season, should there be one on Netflix, will play kind of true to the comic, we don't know. Because it might well not be viable for that. Mm. So, But uh, no doubt it will continue to draw on in his inspiration and his ideas um, heavily because they're what's made this kind of really refreshing. And I can't see how
1: they won't be doing a season two, to be fair. It's one of those shows that's kind of dropped out of nowhere. Very little, you know, Very little promos. Didn't really know it was coming. No, I literally didn't know it was coming. And then it popped up on my Netflix. I saw the trailer and I thought, that looks Good cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll watch that. And that's why we're doing this podcast today, because we really think that people should kind of watch this show because it's, they might it's not have heard so it. It's so
0: worth a go. It's getting mm. really mixed reviews, like... Um, I mean, even in this room is getting me its reviews, but it is like critically... (laughs) But it's still
1: like saying watch it because you kind of need to make up your own mind on it. Oh
0: yeah, definitely. I I mean, I'm really enjoying it, but there are people who are more on my side and further down the spectrum than they are on your side. And yeah, they they don't think it's worked. They don't think they pulled it off.
1: I think that's maybe the point of it though. And I think, you know, in a, a second season, I don't think they should really stray from what they were doing in the first season because for those who wanted to see it, and who wanted to see it made and who really enjoyed it will just want more of that they don't want to see
0: it tamed almost oh yeah no the worst thing would be if they like cleaned it up and made it like a really kind of average show they made it abide by normal tv show rules because it just doesn't and that's what makes it so interesting Mm. so what's your final review on daybreak really really fun (laughs) but no it is like that that's uh, I'm I don't think it's perfect but I also don't care because it's such a good time and it's just it's like exciting to sit down and watch um I haven't like binged it like I sometimes do Netflix shows but it's kind of like a I mean maybe this is binging for other people but like one episode a day I could do that (laughs) quite happily I did I did all 10 episodes across two days so which is scary
1: Do not judge me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I would quite happily say that this is probably on my top ten of twenty nineteen. Like I just really enjoyed it that you're really much. On board, aren't you? I really, really enjoyed it. Like it just surprised me because I wasn't expecting that. And I think that was maybe like why I love the OA and stuff, because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So then when it's hit me, it's like hit me really hard. And I was like, you know, yeah, it's fun. It's quite lighthearted, but still kind of serious if you want to look for the serious side of it. But you don't have yeah. to.
0: There's depth to it for yeah. sure. It's not all like in the first the first scene. You've got kind of Josh like skating around and spray painting, and lots of kind of like squiggles appearing on the screen and pause moments and breaking the fourth wall. Um, and you think that it might be like just a bit too um, thin and kind of like easily consumable teen TV. And it's not at all. There is depth to it. It's just that it kind of throws a lot of that humor on the top. It's yeah. like wrapped up in a nice fluffy bundle. And it's not,
1: <laughs> it, I don't think it's like really, you know, sometimes when you have teen shows and the humor's really like kind of PC and really um, predictable. Yeah. And just trying to be like cool, <laughs> you know, there's nothing yeah. more uncool than someone trying to be cool. Yeah. And this like is just naturally cool, I think.
0: You think it's naturally Unlike cool. Me. I think it's naturally cool thirty-five <laughs> percent of the time. <laughs> okay. And the other the other part of like sixty-five, I think you can tell that it's trying a little bit, but not too much. I <laughs> don't think it's trying too hard at all. It's I think no it Riverdale runs. in how hard it's trying though. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so since it was Halloween last night, I thought we would conclude our podcast today with a little debate about whether zombies are dead or not.
0: Ooh. you clearly have a strong opinion on this <laughs> go on no um <laughs>
1: i'm actually really really on the fence about it i don't know because you do have like enormous success with stuff like the walking dead and i know we've talked about it failing but i don't think that's because of zombies
0: <laughs> not because of the theme that it's set out with and was so successful with yeah them, like i think enough.
1: it's maybe just like ran its course a little bit too much mm-hmm. but you know like zombies throughout the ages have been incredibly successful and genre defining
0: we um, always come back to it,
1: don't we? Yeah, exactly. Um so I think it's interesting that we've come back to it now because I don't recall another kind of zombie thing in, in recent years, especially on TV. What other than the walking dead? No, but like, you know what <laughs> I mean, like a fresh show because the walking yeah. dead has been going for like Yeah, I mean, years. but
0: they, and they've also just brought back, I mean, to c- keep talking about it because I really enjoyed the first one, Zombie Land, they've just brought that back after 10 years. For yeah. A sequel. Um obviously a movie, but it yeah, it's having its moment again. Maybe, like we were saying though, the the zombie thing I think plays into the human fears of like just, you know, monsters under the bed but also like what's going on in life and we get zombies that come from, um, you know, watching too much telly or like how, like mind control or then you get zombies from like biological events like in Daybreak um, and this feels like this should be the climate emergency and kind of nuclear fears should be sparking daybreak but yet they don't rely on that as the grounding for this it's really maybe just that's because they wanted to go like down the teen worries instead mm. it feels like we've got very like woke teens now though they could definitely like play it in they could weave it in <laughs> more
1: than they already do maybe it's be- right I'm just having a dissertation here right maybe it's because <laughs> another. <laughs> another one <laughs> maybe it's because um you know you've got these adults who like are so boring like all they care about is their solar panels or their yoga pants and like these teenagers who just like want to live their lives
0: and they're having like the time of their yeah, life. yeah I mean maybe they just want to kind of like thing. skateboard around or like get laid or smoke and
1: yeah it's like let teenagers fight. be teenagers because you're going to turn into a ghoulie soon
0: <laughs> like what happens when these teenagers get old do they turn into ghoulies that is a really interesting I mean if this runs we need to know because some of them are quite old teenagers and some of the ghoulies <laughs> are quite young unconvincingly old like teenagers m- yeah really Miss <laughs> Crumble is not old she's yeah. like probably like
1: 30 something I, I swear god she's the same age as that Josh guy like definitely <laughs> oh no I actually know he is qu- like I googled him he's quite Oh, I it can't it? I okay. remember the HP's. Okay, okay fun. <laughs> so I ball, ball, back. Let him pass. Retracted. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's really interesting that it's come up now on Daybreak. I mean, it's obviously like a good bit of fun, kind of Halloween horror in a different way. Because I don't like horror, but this is quite. Yeah, a nice it's so one. it's
0: so not horror, but it is playing. It's got those themes. It's like yeah. bit of never time to it and going, oh, it's Halloween. It's not going to scare anything out of you, but look, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like it's Halloween, but we're going to do it in like a really walk way. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think um, I think this is good. basically it is good watch it get back to us if you hated it because (laughs) no one in this room hates it
1: (laughs) okay so that's all for this week thank you so much for joining us on our daybreak adventure and we hope you love this show as much as we I do (laughs) and thank you very much Minnie for joining me. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome and if you liked what you heard from us please make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Netflix pod and get involved with the debate. Let us know what you thought about Daybreak and if you liked it or not. Next week we'll be discussing the end of the flipping world as it (laughs) after its season two release. We'll have everything you need to know about the highly anticipated series and if you're a fan of the show you will not want to miss this. We'll see you then.